Come live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. All right, welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. I love this segment. It's happening in sports. And I'm going to welcome in my co-host, Tim Moore, and also Duck Riley. I am Princess Cooper. Duck Riley, how are you today, sir? I'm doing well, Princess. We just got off a Zoom call with Glenn and a guy named Fred, Fred Minko, who uh, is uh, called, uh, I guess, Fresh Sports or something like that. But anyway, mm-hmm. very Fresh on the clock or something like that, but it was very interesting. But I'm glad to be here, Princess. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Two days in a row, I talked right up until um, intro with Tim Moore. Tim Moore, we've done it two days in a row. I'm sorry. I, you know, once I start talking to you, I forget about the intro. I'm glad <laughs> they give us that warning. You have five seconds until intro. But, Duck, I told Tim he made no effort. He gave me. He didn't give me the same. As he did against the Cowboys. He didn't do that for the Eagles. Okay. And I got some material out there, Tim. I'm going to send you the material, and then you post it. I want to, I want to even this thing out. Equal time. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I want this hate to be equal. <laughs> hey, Princess, uh, Tim just getting in. He's just getting back yeah. from Dayton. That's what I said. That's why I told him I appreciated him. He said he hadn't been back in in, um, in the house 10, 15 minutes. So, Tim, thank you for jumping right on. I, I didn't want to do this without you for sure. All right, let's see who we have here. Um, Coach Bouton, are you with us? I'm here and ready to go. I've, I've sure missed you all the last month or so. <laughs> Coach Bouton, I've been wanting to talk to you since they announced who was going to be in the Final Four. For college football, <laughs> I can't believe I, I can't believe I miss people I've never even met. Yeah, yeah, Coach Bowden. I've been talking about you, and the, the system was down. I started to just text you and say, Coach Bowden, you want to talk and tell me how you feel about it. <laughs> I hate I hate you to miss that show. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> Duck gave me a warning to calm down today, you know, for sure. <laughs> All right, um, Coach Linda Johnson, do I have you with us? And then I think that's Coach Rob Ambrose. Do I have you with us? Yes, ma'am. Glad to be back. How are you doing, Happy sir? Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, Happy New Year. Uh, if, I, Happy New- if I were any better, you'd need two of me to contain it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. All right, Duck Riley, Tim Moore, let's do it. All right. I'm going to start off with you, Rob Ambrose. Were there any surprises with coaches getting fired and retiring or slash stepping down? Oh, were there any surprises? I <clears throat> The day Nick Saban says he wants to retire, I'd say that uh, the world as we know it is now over. And that's going to yeah. – anything else after that pales – in conversation, that the, it's an earthquake that's changing the landscape of college football, and it will be changed forever. I, I don't, we'll never see the likes of him again. And God, I, I hope he's like the commissioner of football or something. But I, I hate to see him go. But no, nah. there's comings and goings. But this is historic. 
you know, like you said, when that happened, it kind of it kind of erased everything else that happened in college, college football. If you got about NIL, you forgot about the transfer portal. Though those were two of the things that probably had something to do with it. But uh, you, he had accomplished so much, and and I've seen some Penn State people say, well, yeah, he's he's a uh, uh, hundred wins behind or so behind Joe Paterno. He's he's a lot of wins behind my father. But the thing that separated him was the pinnacle, the national championships. And that just—he was such an icon in that regard. He was just—he's if, if there's a goat, he's—he's he's the goat. And it—it uh, it did surprise me because you thought he'd go on forever. <laughs> so when it happened, and, and then everything else is, is just minimal after after he made that announcement. Okay, uh, same same question, uh, Princess. You know, um, I like what Rob Ambrose had to say. The world as we know it um, is no longer, and that is so true. You know, seven national championships, six with Alabama, and 49 first-round ra- first draft picks, 49 just in the first round. You know, we're not even talking about rounds two through six. So um, the world as we know it um, is, is definitely changed, the landscape of college football. And the best, you know, respect that I can give them is to say, hallelujah, it's time for somebody else to win, you know, come on. But um, Miss Terry has him now, and um, he had the winning formula uh, for sure. And, um, and the SEC, as we consider sometimes probably one of the best college football conferences, I think he dominated on certain levels. And then, you know, people, you know, teams started to catch up like Georgia, but um, it, it's a new era for sure, and those who didn't get to witness it up front, they missed something. Um, he was for sure a legacy, and that's the one that surprised me most. At the same time, um, you know, I think that the NIL and transfer portal and the Wild Wild West of college football and the NCAA had a lot to do with that, but respect for him. Okay, Tim? Yeah, I would uh, I would echo the comments of uh... – of all of the others on the panel. Um, I think that one kind of caught me a little bit off guard, although he had been dropping hints for a little while that he may be looking toward moving out. And, um, you, you know, like all of, all of the rest oh, of them no. uh, have said, um, you know, over the past, um, oh, 15 years or so, uh, since, uh, uh, at least since he left uh, uh, LSU, there have been a number of uh, great coaches in college football. Um, Jim Trestle, uh, who won a national championship at Ohio State. Um, the Miami Hurricanes got a couple uh, uh, during that period of time. Um, you know, you had uh, Urban Meyer at Florida, won a couple, uh, even in the SEC, and really sort of challenged them there for a little while. And then Dabo uh, at Clemson, uh, beating Alabama a couple times, and most recently Georgia. But the common denominator has been Nick Saban. Uh, throughout that, and um, I think Coach Ambrose uh, uh, hit it right on the head. Um, college football is forever changed yeah. um, now that we uh, don't have Nick Saban in that seat in Alabama. Okay. Uh, I want to come back to you, Tommy, because you and Ambrose are former head coaches, and I want to know how do you approach this as say that you are becoming the new head coach at Alabama, how would you guys approach this 
from a, a head coach's, you know, viewpoint. You're coming into a new program and following Nick Saban. You know, one of the first things, and he's already alluded to this during his press conference about is to utilize uh, Coach Saban. Uh, And he's got to be careful, though, but but I think he needs to pay him his due respects. I remember when I took the Clemson job, the first guy I met was Danny Ford. I met with Tommy West, who I was replacing. I met with Hootie Ingram, who used to be the head coach there, a guy named Red Parker. Uh, that used to be the head coach there. I think there's five ex ex head coaches I met with, and, and I think to pay respect, due respect to the history of the school, and I think he appeals he, that kind of unifies. There's going to be some people that are not not pleased with the selection of a guy from Washington, but uh, are from the, or at least from the school. I know he's more from the Midwest than he is from the West Coast. But I think one of the first things he's got to do is kind of unite the fan base. And uh, he's, done, he, he's already gotten on his staff, and he said, well, get your staff. Well, it looks like he's got that. looks like he's met with the players. But I think one of the things that uh, he's already looks like he's paid attention to is kind of unifying the, the fan base. He knows what he's doing, and he's got a great track record. But I, I think that association with Coach Saban and the history of the schools is something that, that you need to pay attention to. Okay, uh, Rob. He's still there. Is he on mute? I was being nice and muted. Sorry about that. <laughs> I was just, uh, can I just say what Coach Bowden said? Because that was a bullseye on a bullseye. Like, um, I say, following a hall of you know, following a hall of famer, following if you can follow vernacular, a pagan god. The man after that guy, that's got to be the hardest job ever because the guy that came before you did everything that you would ever wish you could do. He's already done it, and he's not going away. He's going to cast a shadow on that program. So, like, you know, while this sounds great and it is Alabama, I would also hearken back to the time before Nick Saban and what Alabama was then. And at at points it was – it was sadly funny, and Nick changed everything. How much? How much of his hand is going to be on what we do moving forward? I say, you know, paying respect to the to the men who came before you in the history of the school. That's that's a mandate, do or die. Like, just you have to be some kind of conscious person, to understand that you're standing on the shoulders of giants. Any t- single time that you take that job, you're standing on the shoulders of men that came before you, players that came before you coaches and wives and families that sacrificed, oh, and nobody's done it, you know. Everybody knows how Nick does it. Nobody's done it harder than him. But it pays dividends and it wins national championships. And that respect needs to be something that lives in the air for a long, long time. And then, you know, everything Coach Bowden said after that, you got to find the, 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 the people who are the stakeholders in the program, from the kids to the money guys to the academic people and to the people that we don't even know their names, but the head coach at Alabama does. And you you got to go learn to play nice with all those guys. Uh, you know, it's a challenging situation. It's a great, it's a great program, but you know, like you have to continue this. You have to win the national championship in the next three years or you fail. <laughs> and that, and that's it. I mean, it, it's really yeah. sad to say that, but that's the yeah. reality. So, so it's a, di- you know, the world as we know it's changed, and uh, it's certainly going to be interesting moving forward. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, Precious, you you want to you want to jump in on that? Just a little. I just wanted to say that Nick Saban and his wife Miss Terry were at the press conference for Kalen DeVore. Um, as a matter of fact, it's been suggested that they're not going to move Nick Saban's office. They want to actually enshrine it and um, keep it as it is, and um, you know, put it on part of the tour for the official visit. Um, but anybody that follows him, and he's right, Coach Ambrose is right. If he didn't win a national championship in three years, just think of how crazy that is. Um, he's a failure, you know. Or and just think, Nick Saban followed Mike Shula. <laughs> Nick Saban followed Mike Shula, and look at what he did after that. Um, Roll Tide was, 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 you know, made even louder with Nick Saban, and it's going to be hard, hard to follow that up. I don't envy Kalen's war at all. All right, uh, Tim. Yeah, I'm not sure how much more I could add to what's already been said. Um, it's a tough job. Uh, Kalen DeBoer is a good coach. Um, he um, has won a couple of national championships at the small college level um, before he even went to uh, Indiana and Fresno and those places, uh, much less at Washington. And he's had some success um, at that Washington program, which is a big-time program. It's not on the level, the national level of Alabama or an Ohio State or uh, a Texas or, or a Michigan, but it's a big-time program. And uh, I think from a, from a um, – a football standpoint, um, he'll be just fine. But um, the question of whether uh, he wins fast enough for the alumni and the fan base, uh, as Coach uh, uh, Bowden uh, mentioned, I think is uh, is going to be the real test. You don't okay. want to be the guy following following the legend. I think you'd rather be the guy following you know him, um, you know, to come into that position. Stay right with you, Tim. And and just want everybody's thoughts on this. Student athletes down are charging colleges for an official visit. Your thoughts? That's a little crazy. Um, uh, well, probably more than a little crazy. Um, I just did notice that Florida State uh, was cited uh, for um, doing something with the NIL in the recruiting process. And I think that might be the first step of the NCAA trying to get their arms around a situation that probably should have gotten their arms around before. Um, because I think, I, you know, Coach, I know Coach Bowden has mentioned it before on this um, program that um, the NIL in its concept I don't think was ever intended to be used for recruiting. And I'm hoping that they are able to get their arms around that situation and, um, and, and sort of uh, dial that back just a little bit. All right, Princess. Um, where was that when when I was uh, a college athlete? First of all, um, but uh, in in FSU, um, Coach Norville was cited for taking a recruit to see the collectives, and that is a violation. They said you can tell them about the collectives, and they can talk to them, but a head coach can't take a recruit to go meet with the collectives, and we know that now is. Um, those who carry the bag or who providing the bag, um, but it's it's a new day. But I, I think that is, I think that's taken it way too far, um, for sure. But but what do I know? I'm just um, I've been out of college now for a while. 
But I think there needs to be an overhaul of so many things, and, and maybe that's one of them, and we're going to talk about some more. Okay. Coach Ambrose? Okay. All right. In the in the world of uh, let's have unlimited visits, that, that's the thing that gets it, – it's almost laughable. Um, this is one of those things that no matter where we go, no matter how we proceed from here, we used to draw, we need to draw a line in the sand that 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 just can't happen. That's not acceptable. You know, of all the things we're gonna let happen, this this is the one that just makes us look stupid. I, I'm sorry if with that we didn't do that already, but it it paints a broader light on how bad this is getting. And this is one of those things we just to say no, we're not charging for visits. You come on official visits, we already pay for you to come on official visits. We pay your trip. So like giving you money to come do it, that's that's great. Let's 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 create some let's create a rule and actually stick to it. Okay. Well, Tommy, the the same question but I hear the coach tell me when I was at the convention this past week that uh he he talked to the kid, he set up the visit, when he went back and, and followed up, the kid said, Well coach, if you got uh my twenty five thousand then I, I'll, I'll make the visit. And then you hear Rob talk about unlimited visit. If I'm getting 25000 a shot, I'm, pretty, I'm making out pretty good. Your thoughts? You know, indirectly, that's kind of what's happening anyway because they're not so much getting paid for the visit, but most of these guys are going to a school that's offering the most money. So when when they get, go, so it, it, indirectly, that's kind of what's happening. They're getting paid for their visit. I, I think the receiver from Alabama, uh, Boyd, uh, went to Texas, and he said, I made a business decision. And and that's kind of – it's just prearranged. The, the money the money is, is prearranged. And uh, that's like you will say, well, gosh, maybe what happened at Florida State will – if it's illegal, if I think Prince is just to correct you, I think the offensive line coach is the one that got suspended for the first three games, Atkins. I think he's the one that's supposed to have taken him over there instead of Coach Norville. But, but regardless, you know, it shouldn't have been done, and it was done. But you notice how much it slowed Florida State down. They look like they've been the number one transfer portal team, five players from Alabama, a starting offensive lineman from Florida, so what it was, they must be perceived as a slap on the wrist because it hadn't even slowed them down. Um, and, and, uh, and, of course, what they did is, of course, giving them the money is not illegal. It's the fact that they gave them transportation. It just goes to show you how screwy the NCAA is. You, you, you can call a guy on the phone and say, hey, talk to him about the money, but you can't drive him you know, three blocks over to his house or how far it is. And, I can remember at Clemson I got in trouble for uh, had to go in the president's office with NCAA about giving two desserts, uh, cookies, to a prospect's <laughs> parents. And we gave, them, we gave them a cake and a meal with a team picture on it. They can superimpose it. And then at night when you want to go up and socialize with them, oh, wow. we gave them another, another dessert. So it, 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 it kind of seems like this is the same thing where you gave them a ride over to the house giving them $50,000. $50,000 not illegal. It's the ride and the $3 worth of gas. <laughs> yeah, Tommy, I, I think it was the parents uh, turned you in because 
They didn't want him to have a lot of sugar before going to bed. So. <laughs> no, no, it's my Dago compliance director. I mean, we 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 try to put a roadblock up going in that Dago reception area after that night, but he broke through, saw the cookies, and turned me in. Turned me in. That's true. That, that's a true. That's I say that's a true, true story. That's a true story. Well, I, I served I served two desserts on a Saturday night. <laughs> That extra cooking. I'm yeah, I'm awesome. All right. I would stay with you, uh, Tommy, because I want to talk about now, you know, when they used to go visit the schools, they they take a picture and all that kind of stuff in the, in the uniform, but now they're coming up with that you can only take a picture now if you're on an official visit. So my thing is with the NCAA, are you – <laughs> you're picking the wrong stuff to kind of go after schools about. Oh, I definitely agree with you. I mean, you know, I don't know why they choose stuff like that. They all, you know, they say, okay, anything that costs money, you buy them a meal, put them up at a hotel. If it involves money, don't don't do it. But taking a picture with a guy, why would they get down the weeds on on something like that that's so insignificant and and uh, so I, I think, you know, if a young man comes on campus, then you ought to be do as much as you can. And you might want to put the, restric- the restrictions say, okay, it can't cost money. You, you can't take them out to dinner. You can't take them for a big lobster dinner or a big lunch and put them up at a hotel. or You can't do any of that stuff. But anything that enhances the university with a photo shoot or take them on an academic tour, take them to see the facilities, you know, all that stuff, uh I, I think you should be able to do and shouldn't be a problem as far as a photo shoot. All right, Prince, is your thoughts on that, uh, not being able to take a photo shoot unless you are on an official visit? So what is the photo shoot? Is it, you know, in front of, in front of the stingray on, on the 50-yard on the line and you're in, you know, a uniform with the helmet and the number one on? Um, you know, or is it just taking pictures? I don't understand that, but I like what you said, Duck, and Coach Bowden is, I mean, we're really focused on the wrong thing for sure um, and with, with all of this, but uh, I don't know where, where to take this, Duck. I think <laughs> photo shoots have really just taken on a whole new level itself with, you know, now you're jumping and um, you're, you're spiking the ball over the, the goalpost and all of those kind of things, and all it, all it really is just a background created within a within a room but there's so much else to worry about than photo shoot versus selfies versus you know a picture in the stands because they're on an unofficial or official visit um this is kind of trivial to me all right tim yeah it's like it's like the guy that that broke in your house and stole your car out of the garage and, and you arrest him for breaking the lock on the garage door you know it's stupid it's stupid stuff um, they're focused. They're definitely focused on minutia and some of the uh, some of the less significant things, while uh, you know very serious things are happening that they really ought to get their arms around. Um, that um, you know allow that the 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 game to be more competitive and and not so much uh, the buying of championships. Okay, uh, Rob. Well, 
from the head coach's perspective, I don't hate it. It's less we have to do. Like, there's nothing like setting setting up a photo shoot for a kid who's not going to come to school there, so he can take all his pictures and post them all over the place. Like, yeah, that's kind of disingenuous. I'm, you know, I'm going to go take nine visits and I'm going to go get dressed up in nine uniforms. I mean, I, can you play? Can we just play? So, you know, <laughs> uh, but I stand, I stand with everybody else. Like in the bigger picture, what that's what you're spending your time thinking about. Like that, this game is, you know, falling apart at the edges with all the crazy stuff that's going on. We need to find ways to fix this thing. And instead we're worried about this. I, I stand with you guys completely. Yeah, let's focus on something. Let's, let's make a difference that, that, makes a positive change for the game. Okay. I want to stay with you, Rob. Okay. The Pat 12 from <clears throat> Pat 12 down to the Pat 2, the schedule now is with the Mountain West. So will the schedule be considered Power 5 or Group 5? Ooh, boy. You know, depending on who listens to this, somebody can get mad how one of us answers this question. <laughs> <laughs> and, and did I hear this correctly? Like, did I hear uh, – I, Tell me I'm wrong. Maybe that's just somebody saying something. Did I hear that Coach Harbaugh said that an entire conference went in a portal? Did he say that? <laughs> somebody said that, but I don't know if it was Harbaugh. But... I'm like, wow. Uh, wow. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I have great respect for West Coast football. And, you know, historically they've been amazing. I, you know, TV, money, and politics, ego, it's a crazy thing. So, you know, should two teams get an automatic bid? No. I, uh, good luck trying to figure this one out. And does the Mountain West now become that next conference? Are they? Uh, there are smarter people than me that are on this call that will have a better idea of how we should progress forward. I'm just glad that in the history books, I'm not the guy whose name's on it for making this mess because it is a mess and it could have been avoided. Okay. Uh, Coming to you, Tommy, you know, because it's kind of like a two-part because, you know, how they how will Washington State and uh, Oregon State be considered because they're going to play Mountain West and hopefully they'll be able to, I guess they'll still be able to play Washington and Oregon, but how, does, how, how, how would that work? Well, I think they'll have to play a predominantly Mountain West schedule, which is a group of five. Right. And, and right. if you look at the criteria for the for the for the playoffs, some of the criteria and probably the high up on the criteria list is strength of schedule and, and, and margin of victory. But but strength of schedule and, and the group of five is not going to be their their strength of schedule is not going to be nearly as as the power uh, strong as, as power five competition. So they won't qualify strictly by the criteria that the committee has has thrown out there. Uh, uh, whether it be ob- objective or the injury subjective uh, criteria and data, so uh, I, I don't think I don't think that would be an issue. And I, I can remember the one year that I, the, the, now it's been twenty some years that, uh, but it was right before the playoffs when I went undefeated at Tulane, and, and people said, "Well, sh- shouldn't you be in it because you and Tennessee are the only undefeated teams?" And, and at that time, I even said no. I said no. Nah. I coached in the SEC for 11 years. I said, listen, you go to Starkville, you go to Auburn, you go to the Swamp, you go to Knoxville, you go to Tuscaloosa, back to back to back to back. That's, that's tough on your team, and, and you don't have to do that in these other conferences. You'll show up and there'll be 15,000, 18,000, 
and, and you know, just it, it's a different environment and different competition and different way you have to prepare. So uh, I, I don't think the fact that, that that they are power five teams is not going to give them good, good enough criteria to get to get them in and carry the weight. Okay. Uh, Princess, what are your thoughts about that? You know, Washington State and Oregon State going to have to play the Mountain West, and uh, they, they, could, they could go undefeated. Yeah, but there's something else I want to address first, and that is Coach Bowden said Florida offensive lineman now is transferred to Florida State. He could have left that part out. We were trying to get along here. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I've been missing you. I've been missing you. <laughs> um, the, the second is, is that they could go undefeated, Duck. I don't – I mean, Boise State, San Jose State, Air Force, Wyoming, um, and I'm not trying to disrespect any any program out there, but um, they could go undefeated. And I don't – I would love to see what the playoff committee does with this if this comes to fruition. Um, but also, I'd love to see Nick Saban on the playoff committee. Can we do that? <laughs> All right, Tim. Duck, I don't have any idea how this plays out. Um, <laughs> this is really, this is a really a strange situation. <laughs> so I really don't have any clue. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm come back to you, uh, Rob, because it said, do the Pac-12 want to get an automatic bid? So that means that Oregon State and Washington State has to play each other. So are they going to be considered? Part of the twelve, or uh, uh, part is the Pac twelve is going to be part of. Hey, you, you know, you won, uh, you won the conference, but with only two teams. You know, that has not really been explained yet. So, talk to me. Oh, I, I would love to be in the room where somebody goes. So okay, you two guys play, and then one of you are going. I mean, get, get real. Well, hold on. Hey, we'll meet you at the end of the season. And we'll play a championship game. Because clearly it's going to be us. So we'll do, you want to just play twice, period, during the year? How do you want to do this? Come on. Are we really going to have this conversation? Like, are you at least two, the entire world's looking over there going, are you serious? No, no, come on. Let's, somebody's going to stay. I'm, I'm hoping that somebody's going to stand up and say, no, we're, let's don't say that out loud. Please. <laughs> okay, uh, Tommy. Same question, man. I need, I need to know. I know you got an opinion on this. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, there's just just you know about the time that you say, boy, how that that's crazy. Who would ever do that? But then you watch the way the NCAA has handled the transfer portal and NIL, and you say, well, gosh, well, maybe maybe they maybe they would do that. And I, I don't, I don't think they would be, it would be the case. But I don't think there's any way that you could, you could take a two-team conference and the winner, the winner goes to the championship game. That's just, it, it, it just, it wouldn't make sense. And there's no way I don't think the committee would approve it. The NCAA would approve it. I don't think anybody uh, would would approve it. Now, if one of them, if one of those two, Washington State. Excuse me, or Oregon State end up eleven and one, twelve and one, or something like that. And yeah, they might they might qualify to get in based on their strength of schedule and and margin of victory. But other than that, there's no way that the NCAA 
or that committee would 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 take a two team conference winner. Right. <laughs> Hypothetical, uh, Tim, with you being a fan of the committee, how, what would happen? What would happen if something like that did happen? Oh boy! Um, with with the the track record of the committee, um, I, I have I I don't know what they would do. I, as you just, you know, as you pointed out, I I've never had a whole lot of faith in what they've done over the past several years, and and this year. I thought it was just just egregious what they did to Florida State, but um, they I don't know I, I I really don't have an idea of what they might do if 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 they won all their games and beat their rival um, in the process. Washington State beats Washington and and Oregon State <clears throat> beats Oregon and goes undefeated otherwise. I um, I can't imagine they'll they'll be seated very high. But they yeah. they might be part of the twelve. Yeah, I that's right. You got to be top twelve. I, you know what? I'm in my Tim Moore voice. I, I have nothing on this. I, I don't really <laughs> know where to go with it. When you put in um, some of the notes, you know, the pack two, I had to look back and say, "What is he talking about?" And then realize, "Oh my goodness!" You know. So if they present this to the committee. I'm sure they will make a debacle of this too. Um, but uh, now that it's gone from four to twelve, um, they at least have a little leeway to, you know, maybe throw somebody a bone. But I, I'm like Coach Ambrose. I'd love to be a part of that conversation or hear that um, and somebody really say it out loud because um, um, I, I think this is really just some crazy stuff here. And and as everyone has said over and over. This could have been avoided. You know, Pac-12, whoever's in charge of that, you, you had time. You saw this coming two years ago, and this is where we are right now. With not the Big Ten, but the Big 18. <clears throat> okay. And, and coming back uh, to you, Tommy, and, and this is not on here, but I, I wanted you and Rob's uh, opinion on this because do you feel that the committee got the right four teams? You know, uh, I can imagine that committee after as much abuse as they got for not picking Florida State. After watching the Georgia game, I could see them all sitting around, their feet up on the table, smoking cigars, drinking bourbon <laughs> or something. So, yeah, uh-huh. y'all told us. Y'all told us. Florida I had State a glass of wine. Just sitting back there smoking them cigars. Uh-huh. You didn't think we knew what we did, did you? You know, but is, is, and I thought about that, you know, because we were going to have a show and something happened where it didn't work out. And I, and I got to thinking, as much as I, I, I like Florida State, that, you know, if, if with, with Jordan Travis out of the game, and I got to thinking, if, if I own a $500,000 home, got a hot tub, and it's paid for, would I bet my house, the one that's paid for, would I bet my house whether it be Georgia or Florida State? And I'm sorry, I'd, I'd go with, with Georgia or Alabama, I should say. I'm going to Alabama over Florida State in that game without Jordan Travis. So uh, as, as much as Florida State people would hate to say it, without that quarterback, I just didn't think they were, they were one of the top four teams. And uh, so uh, – I don't know how much this listening audience is 
down this Tallahassee panhandle where I am. I might get I might get I'm gonna make sure and share tonight. with everybody. I'm gonna go ahead and tag SSU football. I, I wanna ask this, um Coach Bowden, what if you had been on the committee? Would you have argued for SSU? Because it does seem like a travesty, no matter what, they were thirteen and zero. Would you have argued for them to be on there because they deserved it? They played the schedule, they're thirteen and zero, and that still is a rarity. Um, unless you're Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, I, I think I saw the statement. It's it's not the team that deserves it. It's the team. It's the best team. And you yeah. know, my, uh, Liberty was deserved. They were undefeated. I think they were undefeated. But uh, Florida State, yeah, they deserved it. But were they one of the best teams? And that that's where you you throw that quarterback out of the game. And he is such a playmaker. And, and uh, when 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 the when the committee put the term subjective instead of objective data. And they left it up to people making a decision, making an opinion based on uh, a t- talent that's not there. Then they gave themselves the perfect out, but it, it looks like they made the right decision. So if if I were on the committee, gosh, I, I would, first thing I would have said is, is this going to go public? <laughs> is my vote going to go public? <laughs> if it's not going to go public, <laughs> you know, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. But uh, I just can't imagine betting my house on Alabama, Florida State without Tr- Jordan Travis. Uh, yeah. That I that I I, I bet bet my house with Alabama. Your thoughts on that? Did they get Did they get the right four teams? And so it, it's kind of fun watching this from being a FCS head coach and seeing the development of you know from four. You know, to, to how to figure out how to make a national champion, and it, and it's it's incredibly interesting to watch this. Like, we're trying to reinvent the wheel again. Like one AA or FCS has been doing this forever. So 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 the model of this, some version of it, and its intelligence has already existed. <clears throat> and it doesn't matter if it's four or eight or twelve or sixteen, or and I guess in FCS now it's twenty four. <clears throat> Or, or as it is in basketball with 64 in their tournament, there's always going to be the edge. So you can say, like, where's the edge and how do you want to define it? If the quarterback is such a great player and such a difference maker, but he got, he got hurt week six, and instead of blowout wins, they still win, but they only win by one or two or three, and they're close call wins, and they still end up undefeated. Do we let them in then? Or – we actually stand on the table and go, just because Georgia lost to Alabama in that game doesn't mean that the, if Georgia would have played Michigan, I'm betting on Georgia. So we kept a one-loss team out. Is that right? Is that right either? And if you, and if you put them all in the, in the rumble and let them play, I'm putting my money on Georgia this year every time for multiple games. But they didn't even get a chance. So while we're complaining about what happened to Florida State, and don't get me wrong, if you're an undefeated team of Power Five conference, how do you not get in? Right. That, 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 and 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 if you don't get in as an undefeated team in a Power Five conference, that's an indictment either on the system or the conference in which you play. Whether we like it or not. Okay, uh, uh, Princess, you're 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 filling in on that. Did they get the right four teams? Um. 
<laughs> I yes. If if we're gonna take the best best teams, I, I, I thought they got it right. But now I I don't know if I'm the one to really ask because I have a pre- prerequisite here, and my middle name is Misery Loves Company. And um, it's it's great to hate Florida State. So, but if you're looking at it, it's a, it's a travesty. And and I keep going back to this. Um, Alabama was gaining momentum, and it's hard. Uh, um, even as wonderful as Kirby Smart is, and, and and still is, to get a team to go three years undefeated in the regular season, and then also to take care of the conference championships. The end was going to come at some point. And I thought we were headed for the perfect storm, and that happened. And once it happened, you kind of knew what Sunday was going to look like, and they were going to rationalize this thing out. So um, once I then saw Georgia, and I don't know if this is a good barometer, because Georgia and FSU were both missing a lot of pieces, especially FSU. I don't know if that's in, in, indicative of anything, but 66, 63-6, as Coach Bowden said, gave those committee people um, a lot of easy bourbon and cigars for sure to say, see, we knew what we were talking about. But the bottom line is, if I were in the committee, I wouldn't have chose them. But, again, I couldn't, I don't, you know, I said it's a travesty for that committee to walk out of there and make that announcement and to say you're 13-0 and in your conference championship. Um, I don't care how you looked against Louisville, that no, you can go home and sit down and we'll get you ready for the Orange Bowl. Okay, uh, Tim. Um, I think they I think they chose four quality teams um, that were among the best teams in the country for the playoffs. Um, I don't think they got it right because I uh, I think also that if you are an undefeated champion of a Power Five conference, you have earned the right to compete for the championship. Um, that's just you know, it, otherwise, what what difference does the season make? Um, it, it just it didn't sit right with me, and I think it's a bad message to send. And plus, this committee, as you all know, I'm not. I've never been really big fan of theirs. Um, they change what their criteria is and what they tell the public. Their reasoning for doing this is every year. Uh, if you remember the the early year, uh, the first year, they put. Um, Ohio State in when they were behind TCU in the final poll uh, in that final four. And they claimed that year, if you remember, Baylor and TCU had only lost one ball game. Uh, They said that the reason they didn't get it was because they didn't have a championship game. The next year, um, uh, or two years later, they put Ohio State in who didn't even play in a championship game. They lost the Big Ten. Penn State won the Big Ten that year, and they took Ohio State because they said they were the best team. So I just think the committee is just all over the place, and they have no credibility with me. I also think that this decision, I'm sorry, Duck and gentlemen, this decision has a lot of residual effect coming from TCU, Georgia last year. And, And at some point, the committee, whether they said it to themselves or made a pact, but they seem to um, want to have support that they weren't going to go back there. But right. I, I think who they left behind then was FSU, and it wasn't fair. But this is, has a lot to do with how the national championship last year and how bad that yeah. looked. 
Yeah, I, I believe that too. And and with regard to the Florida State Georgia team a game in the Orange Bowl this year, I don't think that tells us anything. Um, there were twenty three Florida State guys that didn't play in that game. They either opted out or were injured. So I I, I don't think that game means anything. Georgia okay. had most of the Georgia had most of their players in the ball game. All right, I'm going to stay with you, Prentice, uh, because if you rated the officiating for college football this year from 1 to 10, what would you give it and why? Wow. Hmm. Um, I think I'm giving them a C-. minus, um, And I still think uh, it was uh, still inconsistent with the targeting call. But I also thought some games came down to if you can get through a game where the story is not the rest, then you, you've had yourself a good game. And I think they became the story too many times. Um, but I can remember several targeting calls, Colorado for one, of course. Um, University of Texas, Longhorns was another one. Um, and, of course, maybe I'm going to take the one uh, uh, LSU, Florida, if I'm not mistaken in that one. And I could name a whole lot, but I give them a C- minus at best. And um, there's been a lot of talk about the refs and their calls in the NFL, but I think there's a lot of inconsistency with um, the calls in, in, in college football. All right. Uh, Tim? Um, I don't think the officials were – Horrible this year, but uh, I don't think they were great either. They were, damn, they were take them or leave them. You know, I don't think it was any worse than, than other years. Um, um, but I, I wouldn't say they were horrible. What rating are you giving them? On a scale of one to ten. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> probably a seven, something like that. Okay. All right, uh, Rob Ambrose. You, so you really want to guarantee that I never, ever am a head coach, <laughs> ever. Uh, uh, okay, here's what I'm going to say. In, in my attempt to be politically correct, I'm going to agree with the previous statement that says a game where you don't know who the officials are yeah. was a well-officiated game. And that any that time – you get that feeling like the officials want to be that guy. Yeah, that's always going to be an interesting day. Um, as far as that, I am grateful for the keepers of the game because without them, we don't have it. We don't. We'd just be a bunch of crazy guys in the parking lot with a, with a piece of leather. So I'm grateful for those guys. Princess, you can cover me the rest of the way. <laughs> I got it, Coach. <laughs> oh, hey, Tommy. You know, if I were an Iowa fan, I'd give a zero because that punt return they had versus Minnesota would probably cost them the uh, maybe a, you know a chance to play in the championship game. That, I mean, you see that and how that went down. Gosh, that was just a, a terrible call. But you know, one of the things I've at least from being in a, in a conference and, you, and, and during your conference meetings with the head coach and ads, you meet with the officials, and all of a sudden they say, okay, this year we're going to emphasize such and such, whether it be chop blocking or this or that. And it seems like uh, every year a, 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 a certain conference will emphasize a certain part of the game that, 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 they, that they want to stress for some reason. And, it, and I think this throws an imbalance in the quality of the officiating across 
the board. Uh, I didn't see enough uh, uh, Pac-12 games or Big Ten games to say, okay, overall I, 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 you know, I should give it a seven or an eight. You, you see enough of, uh, uh, of the games on college Saturdays to say it, it doesn't seem like it's a, it's, it's a quality crew, whether they should go to full-time employment like the NFL suggests. You know, to, to they you know they've got second professions. They don't spend a whole lot of time doing that. But I, I would just have a hard time. But, you know, I'd have to say average because it's you know unless I was you know unless I was an Iowa alumni, I'd, I'd grade them lower than a five. But it's probably about average across the across the board. Okay, I want to stay with you because we talked about Nick Saban, uh, you know, retiring. What about Bill Belichick? Uh, you, except for me to start, David? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. You, you know, the, the amazing thing is that they coach together. They're two great – they're the GOAT. You know, what Belichick did with the, the Patriots is unbelievable. What Saban did is unbelievable. They retire on the same day. They coach together. Their personalities are very, very similar as far as dealing with the media and, and being so focused and concentrated on nothing, you know, 24-7 football. It was kind of spectacular that they both did it under the same time. Now, different circumstances. You know, one was asked to leave, and one stepped out on his own terms, and, and one didn't. But it was amazing as they both went out on the same day with a background that they have together, defensive guys, you know, coached together. Uh, it's kind of kind of unbelievable. With, uh, that, uh, I imagine Belichick would have – would have liked to gone out on his own terms. It's a shame he couldn't. Okay. Uh, Rob, what your thoughts on Bill Belichick? Well, the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, my God, Coach Saban's retired. And it's almost like Coach Belichick went, all right, wait a minute. No, hold my beer. Uh, hey, come here. Give me one. <laughs> the only difference is I, I, I don't think he's done it. I really don't. I, I, don't, I don't think – I. <clears throat> I the the way the game is in the NFL versus the, you know the, the ridiculous unknowns of our next three seasons based on the landscape we've created it's just different and um, I I remember you know I, uh, my father-in-law is a big time Giants fan huge Giants fan and uh, Parcells you know he wins the Super Bowl he's going to retire you know everybody who's going to the Hall of Fame he's done. And I don't know what it was, six months, eight months, 18 months, whatever it was. And he's sitting at a press conference in Miami as the GM. And they're like, what are you, what are you doing? Like you, like, you don't need to do this. You, and he said, well, did, uh, I retired. I went home. And uh, I don't play golf. I don't fish. I don't really do anything. And after about three weeks, my wife looked at me and said, you have not been in this house for 30 years. Get out. Well, we're not going to make it. So he goes, I can't sing or dance. I can't do anything else. So I can do football pretty good, so I'm going to hang out with you guys for a while. And I really thought that was good. I don't think Coach Belichick's done yet. Put it that way. All right. Francis? I agree with Coach Ambrose. I don't I don't think Belichick's done. Um, he interviewed uh, with the Falcons today or yesterday. Um, I just think it's a different beast, you know, from clam chowder to sweet tea and southern fried chicken. Um, but maybe football is football. And um, and I, I think he wants an opportunity, or it seems like he wants an opportunity to do it again. 
and may have a team that's struggling but has some talent on it. Let, let's see what he can do. Um, but it it didn't shock me because this seemed to be a part of the, the conversation or in the news quite often, especially since around week 10, if I'm not mistaken, and you started hearing the secession plan or at least the, the name of Gerard Mayo, but you really started hearing, well, what is Robert Kraft going to do? And when those on ABC ESPN are asking that, then there is obviously some conversation um, that we are not hearing, and, and that happened. And then you hear concession from Bill Belichick and said, uh, you know, I'm willing to give up the whole GM thing and just focus on football. There was a concession there. Obviously, he knew some things, too. And for Robert Kraft to announce that he is he let go, the next day they hold a press conference with Bill Belichick, and then the next day they announced that they have their new coach. Um, so I think some things were in place, um, but I don't. I didn't find it as surprising as Nick Saban, um, but I agree with Coach Ambrose. I think he's going to do wants to do this again. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was. Uh, um, I think. Um, yeah, I was surprised that it happened the way it did. I, I, I don't think I was totally surprised that he was out. I, I thought he would just um, maybe step away. Um, and so I was a little disappointed in the way it happened because he uh, he earned, I think, the right to be able to, to leave on his own. Um, however, he struggled the past couple of years. And I'm like the other two panelists that mentioned, I don't think he's done. I think he's going to find a situation that – uh, is to his liking uh, with some talented ball players and uh, and make another run at this thing. Okay, Francis, take us out of here, Francis. All right, gentlemen, thank you. I appreciate you all. We got to get ready for another show. Tommy Bouton, again, I've been trying to get to you. We wanting to talk to you. Um, <laughs> I've been hiding. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And Coach Rob Ambrose, thank you for all that you do for the show. We're going to make sure and keep it clean. I'm going to take out some of the spots. We want you to get a head coaching job wherever <laughs> you want to. Um, thank Tim you, Moore. ma'am. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And thank you for all that you do you sharing this stuff on Twitter. I appreciate that for sure. Um, all right, Tim Moore, Duck Riley, we'll see you in about five minutes. Never had a good right, okay. sports radio. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you.